Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Wad Show. My name is Mickey Wadsworth, and I'm really happy to be back in my home. Well, I've always been here. In, in my studio. This is my recording studio, and I'm really thrilled to be here today. Um, I have not been able to really make it to a lot of my viewing times on Wednesdays uh, just due to the fact that um, COVID, you know, has, has been done a ringer. And not only that, finals and dealing with online education and all its problems, it just was overwhelming. So I just was not able to really provide really great content. As far as stay-at-home content, my microphone was all on the fritz and it sounded terrible. If you listen to my Descender review, it's terrible, terrible audio. I, um, I hope that all of you can understand that audio because it's dreadful. But regardless, I'm happy to be back. I'm thrilled to um, have some topics to talk about with you today. I need to fix my uh, Skype connection with one of my apps on my computer so that way I can start doing some interviews again. Uh, but for the most part, I got some really great stuff for you today. Uh, first topic, um, a lot of you that are listening from around the world, around the country, uh, I do attend Utah State University at Logan, Utah. It's a great university um, for the most part. I mean, the online stuff, we could debate that all day. If you want to look at past <laughs> if you want to look at past uh, stuff, you can. I, I talk about it with um, a buddy of Spencer, and we talk about the issues of online education within college and high school stuff. Um, but, I mean, I go to Utah State, and it's not every day that you see your college reach national news. You're like, oh, did they do something cool in education? Was there a huge sports thing? No, it turns out it's a scandal. Oh, boy. It's not something you really look forward to seeing about your university. Um, but I am reading an article on CNN. I actually found this originally, the story from the Herald Journal. It's been all over the place. If you're not from Utah, if you are in Utah State, I'd be surprised if you have not heard about this by now. Um, but, uh, turns out there was an issue, um, but just to give you guys kind of context, if you haven't really heard the story, so Utah State's football team this year is absolutely dreadful. I mean, we won a couple of games, I think like one or two, I don't know, but nothing spectacular. Um, it obviously didn't impress the board because they fired the head coach and, um, not only that, a lot of other things kind of transpired. I think a lot of it was just COVID game training and just not enough time doing stuff. And it just was – everyone was on the womp, you know, like trying to figure everything out. So uh, the head coach was fired from Utah State. And then um, the lead head quarterback, their star quarterback, uh, got kicked off the team because he apparently did some pretty sketchy stuff. I have no idea what he did. Um, I have no idea what happened, but it was substantial enough to have him removed from the team. A lot of other players started to see like, oh my gosh, our head coach is gone, our quarterback's gone, and they started to transfer. So we don't really have a huge selection of fellas that have incredible talent at Utah State. And I can guarantee you none of them are going to be making the NFL draft, uh, which is why this story is especially interesting. Turns out members of the Utah State football team unanimously voted Friday not to play on Saturday's game against Colorado State in Fort Collins, Colorado. So that would have been a little while ago, but... Um, yeah, they were like, yeah, we're not playing. Why would they do that? You know, a lot of these seniors, you know, this is their last game ever playing on the field of football. Like, you can always play football, you know, shenanigans with your friends, but this is it. Like, this is the last game that you get to play. And uh, they actually opted out to play against Colorado due to 
um, bigotry and racism against their interim head coach, Frank Malley. So Frank Malley is a Polynesian man uh, who is part of the LDS faith, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, apparently he was not considered the job because of his religion. Whoa. And the reason why we know this is because the players had a Zoom meeting with the president of the university, President Noel Cockett. Not Crockett, Davy Crockett, Cockett, President Cockett, and the athletic director. And they all met on this Zoom conference, and apparently the players heard a very interesting statement come out of the president's mouth that said along the lines, because he is LDS, he was not considered for this job. Now, we actually do not have the statement that Noel Cockett actually said. This is important to know. Like, we have no idea in context what she was going for. Um, but apparently, I mean, I don't really know how you can, you hear that and be like, okay, you know, like obviously she said a religious statement that really kind of affected all players. The players actually voted not to, to play. I think three fourths of them opted out. So like more than half of the team members heard the incident, the players reported to the team and they all were like, yeah, we're not playing. So Sucks for the one-fourth that wanted to play. Sorry, guys. I bet those were all the seniors. So I don't think it was a unanimous decision for them to to not play the game. Um, but I read that from the Herald Journal. So you can find that article. But a lot of this I'm reading from CNN. Um, basically, they were – it was in the Zoom meeting, and they were upset that Blake Anderson, this, head, this new head coach, was hired, and uh, their interim coach, uh, Frank – Malley wasn't even considered. He wasn't even interviewed. And so the one of the the lead quarterback, the head quarterback right now, Garrett Larson, said, we thought it would be best by not playing the game to make this kind of statement. Um, Noah Cockett made a statement in her defense. She says, I am devastated that my comments were interpreted as bias against anyone's religious background. Throughout my professional career, and especially as president of USU, I have welcomed the opportunity to meet directly and often with students about their experiences. Regardless of how difficult the conversations might be in the coming days, I remain committed to giving our students a voice. So she's like, yeah, I think the students obviously have the right to talk. She's not trying to shut down the claim. You know, she is, I mean, obviously I think people will say things in life and not realize like, whoa, that sounded terrible, you know, and sometimes people just slip up that we have bad habits in our lives that can do that. But still, this is totally unacceptable from a USU, a USU president. Um, but still, I've heard a lot of things about this. I've heard a lot of uh, rumors. Um, I have a friend. Um, he was like, wow. So the football players get to choose when and they when and not they get to play. And they have all of that scholarship money to uh, to do this. You know, they get to play football. We are paying them to play football, and they get free school for it. That's how their payment is. They get the free education with playing football. And so they're not playing football. What does that mean for their scholarships? And a lot of people are like, take their scholarships away. And I'm like, okay, I can totally understand that claim because, yeah, yeah, yeah as a student that does not have – any other extracurricular activities except the watch show. Um, yeah, I mean, totally something that I would be a little bit upset about just thinking of just as a student's uh, 
chapter seven, like, hey, these guys get to choose. But however, the statement they're making, they're using their uh, position as a football player to use that as a statement. And a lot of people think that is jibber jabber. And a lot of people think that's necessary. So that's up to opinion there. I've heard a lot of other voices against the football players saying that they're trying to accomplish some sort of agenda to remove the president. So, and that's the thing that is cause a little that causes me not to be so skeptical because the football players never actually released the specific statement that Noel Cockett said in the Zoom conference. She just said that she said something bigotry and racist towards interim head coach Frank Malley. And we don't actually have the the actual statement she said. I would really love to hear that statement because that would make it or break it for Noah Cockett and whether or not she stays president of the university and the board removes her. So I really think we need more information as far as stepping forward um, until there is evidence further. I guess they're just going to move it forward. Utah State actually, the board hired a private investigator to um, look into this. But Frank Malley spoke out, uh, the interim coach who all of this is going towards. Um, uh, he says, as all of college football fans likely know by now, Utah State University's final game of the season was canceled yesterday after USU football players chose not to play in protest of something they feel strongly about, discrimination and bias, the statement read. It is my understanding from members of the team leadership council who attended the meeting with Utah State President Al Cockett and athletic director John Hartwell that I was ultimately... I was not ultimately considered for the position of head coach at Utah State, my beloved alma mater. Because of my concerns that my religion and Pacific Islander culture would negatively impact the university's future football program, I have twice served as interim head coach and have gone through the interview process, but was not, um, uh, but I was not notified of a formal hiring decision until after Noah Cockett and John Hartwell met with the team. As disheartened as I was to learn of this kind of religious and cultural bias exists because I am Polynesian at Utah State, I'm equally heartbroken for my players, many of whom are seniors who are preparing for their last game of their collegiate experience. I want to express my utmost respect and admiration for their decision to stand up for what they believe in, and I'm truly honored that they would stand up for me. As we move forward, it is important to, for me to protect both the institution and players that I love. My only hope is this painful and unfortunate situation is that it will be a positive step in our community's anti-discrimination journey. To accomplish this, Utah State trustees and should demand a thorough and independent investigation of religious, cultural, and racial discrimination throughout the Utah State University. I think that's an important thing to know. Um, I think Frank Malley says some good things here. Um, but see, here's the thing I want to know. Is it was he not hired because of his merit of coach alone? Did they're like, no, he hasn't really been that successful as a coach, or or he's great. Let's like that's something I would like to know. Is if, but it seems that like they're not. There's been no information. I'm sure there's lawyers and stuff that are going to get into this because this is a serious accusation. They I, I don't think. Noel Cockett and this Hartwell athletic director guy is going to come out and say, okay, we didn't hire him because of this and this and this. I'm sure there's a lot of legal steps they got to take and be really careful because lawsuits will happen and racial discrimination has got to be very, um, it has got to be taken serious and especially not racial, but cultural and religious biases toward that person. You got to be really careful. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly, I, I just need information. <laughs> A lot of people on Facebook and Instagram are like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst. I can't believe Utah State, you know, the prison cockpit. I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have 
the investigators out doing their thing. They're going to blues clues around and they're going to find those paw prints and they're going to figure out what's going on. Okay. So I'm not going to sit here and point my finger at Noel Kaka and say, wow, she's the worst until I actually have information that proves that she's the worst. So I don't know. I feel like Utah State um, students should uh, be respectful of the whole situation because seriously, what if you said something that was taken racial or bigotry and you're like, oh my gosh, why did I say that? Or I didn't even mean it that way. And not not saying that it's inexcusable, but at the same time, like if it was on, if it was like, I'm trying to find the words for this. If you did it on accident, right? Because I'm sure Noel Cockett, if she said something against the LDS church, maybe she has a history at the church that she just, I don't know, like, and this is the interesting thing too, is that at Utah State University, it has the number one institute of religion in the entire world, the largest and that's the LDS Church's Institute of Religion. And it's on that campus. So I can guarantee you that Noel Cockett has a lot of close ties with church leaders within the religion as she works with the people and in the, president, the Institute's president and all this stuff. So for me, it's like, hmm, that's so weird that she has this, this comment about the church because she works so often with these leaders. But I guess that doesn't really prove that she doesn't like them or the church itself. Um, but still you can't really, you can, you can dislike something and not like something, but still you got to treat the person as a person in that interview. And in that hiring aspect, you got to look at their coaching, you know, as a whole, you can't really pick based upon specific things. You just can't do that. Um, but yeah, that's the news with, uh, the good old Utah state wild, isn't it? It's so weird. So strange, but hopefully uh, this pri- the private investigators, like I said, as they blues clues further, they can uh, find out what's really going on. They can really uh, dive deep into the issue. All right, next topic we got going on. We're going to be talking about a video game called Cyberpunk 2077. Have you heard about it? You should, because it's one of the most highly anticipated games of all time. Uh, it's been talked about for, I think, about 12 years I haven't really followed it because it's just not something that really interests me. But for all of you in the gaming world, I'd be surprised if you haven't heard about it by now. But basically, it's a mixture of like Grand Theft Auto, Star Wars, Mass Effect, space stuff. And it's uh, RPG experience in which you can choose paths and play the game forward, upgrading your equipment, your stats, your character, and moving forward in the story progression. So... It's uh, It's been called like the RPG to end all RPGs. It's um, taken a lot of titles. The hype and marketing for this, both the same in my opinion, have been huge. I'd be surprised if you didn't drive down the interstate and see like a cyberpunk billboard. I mean, it's all over the place. If you go on YouTube, if you go on Facebook, you see cyberpunk, 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 cyberpunk ads everywhere. They have shelled out the money, the cash to get this thing going. Um... Let's talk about the good news about the game first. The good news is that within the first day, the sales of the game met the exact amount that it cost to create it. So they've made up, and now they're going to profit for further sales of the game. That's impressive. That's, like, really cool because usually games, they can really slouch behind and get negative numbers. But Cyberpunk has met it with positive um, – uh, it's met with positive sales, and it will probably continue to sell. 
The bad news is is that Cyberpunk was released and it has been huge, going viral. The issues um, with this game. Um, I have seen so many mixed reviews. I got some reviews in front of me. IGN.com. I don't really like them as a reviewer personally, but they gave the game a four out of ten. Metacritic, jeez, uh, the game went from like a 30-something percent, but now it's at 89 percent. So I guess they factored in the patches that are coming in the game with the glitches that I will soon talk about. Steam gave it a 7 out of 10. Um, but yeah, there have been so many mixed reviews. If you go on YouTube or just anywhere online, you'll see a wide plethora of games. Google users said that 79 percent uh, like this game. Now here's the issue. This game was supposed to be... Like I said, the RPG to end all RPGs. It was supposed to just be unanimous. Everyone loves it. It was going to be a cult classic. Um, some debate that it is still a cult classic. It just needs to be fixed. But the problem is that Cyberpunk 2077 was released with huge and major glitches within the game. Game breaking in some scenarios. Um, you can go online and just YouTube like Cyberpunk glitches and you'll see cars flying out of the sky taken out people you'll see a lot of this actually have to do with cars you can see a car driving through a building you know taking out characters you'll see characters that will completely like turn into like you know pixelated messes you know like something you'd see playing the nintendo 64 uh you can see players you know's necks turned around snapped um because like the game developers if any of you don't know anything about video games and are listening to this um, when you're developing a game and you know creating characters within the program, they put them into something called a T pose. And so a lot of these characters in the game are T posing. You know they can't even move, and the glitches are ju- just go on and on and on, and it's so crazy that this has happened. And so we have this issue of Cyberpunk. Like it's a lot of people say it's unplayable. Uh, Sony and PlayStation have actually, they announced recently that they were taking returns on the Cyberpunk game. And Cyberpunk, the creators, um, they the CD Projekt, uh, that's the people that created Cyberpunk. CD Projekt made an announcement like, hey, we are taking refunds. So if you guys really are upset with the game, we understand. Um, and of course, they're going to say something like that because they made so much money. They made a ton of money. And of course, they're, they're going to say that. They got to. Um, but a lot of players, I have a friend that said, yeah, we're going to hold our game. We're going to wait until the patches come out. We're going to wait until it's fixed. And then we can keep enjoying the game. Um, I have heard a lot of positive things about the storyline of the game, the alternate path direction coming from the game. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about that. So that's that's good to hear. I'm really happy about that. Um, but for me, the cyberpunk game is just not my cup of tea. Like, I don't really, it's not a game that I would personally like to play. But I asked a friend, I was like, hey, so with the glitches and everything, do you, like, I'm not looking at that. Do you look at the game as a whole like a really great game? And he goes, oh, yeah, it's going to be a cool classic. And um, he said that he currently is still holding the game and is going to wait until all the glitches are fixed. And then he can do that update and then continue playing like normal. So, yeah, Cyberpunk. What are my thoughts on this? Well, I'm not going to review the game. I'm not going to say this is a terrible game because I obviously haven't played it. But I have seen the glitches and stuff. And sometimes people have a personal vendetta to destroy something. Like there's different biases that can come into this. Like I know people that have reviewed the game that have a cyberpunk poster in the back on YouTube. And they're just like, oh, yeah, we're totally going to just review this game. And then they give the super positive game. And then you have people that have been hating 
cyberpunk from the very beginning. And so it's like it's really hard to find a person on the medium ground here that will give this game a review. So you just kind of have to look at the reviews as a whole and kind of understand what's going on. Um, but definitely, if it were me, I would wait buying the game. That way you can get the game and have patches and being fixed. But overall, my personal take on this, imagine you're watching Star Wars Revenge of the Sith in the movie theater, okay? You're watching the movie, and about halfway through, it all, like, you start seeing, like, green screen and blue screen. And, you know, Mace Windu is fighting Darth Sidious with sticks. And uh, they're all, like, there's no CGI, there's no effects. The movie's not finished. And, and, they, and they announce, like, hey, we're so sorry. Um, you can watch the movie. You'll get to understand the story. Uh, we're gonna, just going to keep doing it, but we just didn't have the time to get the special effects in. Um, we are very sorry. And what would you do in the movie theater? Would you still sit there and watch guys, <laughs> you know, stick fight? <laughs> I know a lot of people, they're like, yeah, what? Yeah, it's Star Wars. But, like, seriously, I'd be kind of ticked. I mean, like, it's a huge, huge movie that's coming out, and you didn't finish it. Why didn't you just push it back until it was finished? I would have rather watched the finished product than, you know, not deal with it. But I guess in video games, the scenario is a little bit different because the game still is kind of playable. But the game's not finished. Why the heck did you release it? Well, the answer is that Cyberpunk experienced several delays already. The game wasn't even finished before the dates that they originally said, and they kept postponing it, postponing it, postponing it. And uh, they like, I can guarantee you corporate or someone up high was like, we have got to get this out by Christmas. We have to. Which is funny because I honestly think their sales would have not changed regardless because this game is that huge. It's massive in, in marketing and everything. But um, they they were like, yeah, we're going to push it. And I, and I think corporate really messed over. Uh, CD Projekt Red really mix, messed up here. It, it's it's not a finished product. And for me, I remember back in the day, you you got a game, it was finished. You played it. Jeez, I sound like an old person. I'm not even that old. But like, seriously, you got a game, you you played it, and it was done. And if, and if it was unplayable, they didn't even like, they canceled it. <laughs> they didn't release it. Be like, oh, we'll give patches later. But I mean, times change. You know, Cyberpunk is a very ambitious project. But for that ambition, you got to have... You gotta have merit to your words. You gotta finish what you started. To me, at least, I don't know. There's a lot of games like that out there that have, that were terrible, or have been fixed through patches. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting topic. Go ahead and look up some reviews. Um, but that's kind of my thoughts. I I would like it to be finished if it were me. If it were me. But uh, yeah, that's what I gotta say on the matter. Next topic, Tom Cruise. Do you like him? Well, actually, Tom Cruise is one of my favorite um, actors of all time. Not because, like, his acting is the best, but, like, he's a great action star. He's in a lot of really great movies. Like, uh, I love the first, like, 40-ish minutes of War of the Worlds. I love uh, Oblivion, that science fiction he's in. Um, I love Edge of Tomorrow or Live, Die, Repeat, whatever you want to call it. It's an excellent movie. Uh, I love a lot of his stuff. And Mission Impossible, geez, I can't believe I forgot that. Um, speaking of Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible 7 is literally coming out now. Well, not coming out, but it's in development in Hollywood. And it's actually a huge deal because it's like a huge major film that is in Hollywood and right now being developed. And in context to this rant is that um, a lot of people are depending upon this movie 
to go well because that can really determine how Hollywood will react with the coming days ahead. Even with the um, the the meta, what's the word? The vaccine that's coming out. My gosh, I can't remember. Even with the vaccine that's coming out with COVID, Hollywood is still taking it slow. I mean, I mean, okay, it's not gonna be. This isn't political, but obviously. The people in the Democrat states are taking COVID very differently than, say, Utah or Idaho, right? California is just kind of in – still, they've held strong in their lockdown. So Hollywood is really, really taking it careful. And so Tom Cruise has this meltdown because apparently some of his crew from the Mission Impossible – uh, cast went into like the went to the beach and they weren't wearing their masks and um, Tom Cruise lit them up like holy cow um, this is a quote from the tape you can listen to this on YouTube he says if I see you do it again you're effing gone and if anyone in this crew does it that's it and you too and you too and you don't you ever effing do it again like, when you listen to him, he is just, like, screaming. He's like, we are the gold standard. <laughs> and what he's meaning by that is that this is such a huge film that all of the films are watching them. He says, I'm on the line with producers. I'm on line with insurance companies. And they're all probably just watching him. I can't even imagine the stress that this guy is going through uh, because of what's going on with COVID. And he wants to make this movie he's got to do it because i think we all want to move on but we got to learn how to work with what we have and if we can work with what we have and keep the covid measures safe tom cruise is like yeah we'll do it and we'll wear our masks that's what we're gonna do and uh it has been insane absolutely insane uh but it's actually kind of funny because of the tom cruise rant um, they decided to compare the actor's rant with another popular actor's rant, Christian Bale. I actually never even knew that this rant ex- existed from Christian Bale until um, Tom Cruise's came into light. And a lot of people are comparing who won, who is the better ranter. Um, in context, Christian Bale, uh, he is the actor that plays in the Batman movies. He plays in the American Psycho. That was a huge film that got him going. And uh, in this film that he was on set and where this rant came from was Terminator Salvation. And apparently he was doing a scene and a light guy walked through the scene and kind of set him off because he just lost focus in his acting. And the actor began shouting, am I going to walk, I'm, am I going to walk around and rip your effing lights down in the middle of the scene? Then why the F are you walking right through? What the F is it with you? What don't you effing understand? I'm going to effing kick your effing blum, 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 blum. Just shut up for a second and let me talk. He Like he destroys this guy, destroys him. And a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, Christian Bale won. Christian Bale was <laughs> the better ranter. He like obliterated that guy. Because here's the deal. Tom like, And also the, the points of the two why they're arguing are like important for me. Because Tom Cruise is yelling and is frustrated at his staff for being stupid. Because whether you agree with uh, COVID nineteen or not, if you're if you have a job to do and you're trying to like make money and like he's like people have thousands. This is one of the things he said is right. Like people have thousands of jobs and they're gonna lose them because of you morons. You know, like 
you know, whatever you, whatever you believe about COVID, I don't know. I know. I think. I hope the majority of the people understand it's a little real. I mean, I had it. It is real. Um, but you gotta follow procedure. Like I wear a mask at my job because I know if someone got COVID, you know, we could get shut down. You know, like I will wear it. I don't care. I wanted to keep my job, and so I have that in mind, despite whether I approve or disapprove of the virus or not. And that's what Tom Cruise is going for. Whereas Christian Bale is upset with this light guy on the set that walked in front of his scene. I mean, it just kind of shows him. And he even said later, um, he says, he says, there is nobody that heard that tape who has been hit harder than me. So Christian Bale mentioned that he was uh, really upset about how um, he he dealt with it. He he actually apologized uh, for his shocking behavior, and he says that he admitted he acted like a punk. And he actually fixed um, relations with the light guy and said, yo, I am so sorry. That was completely out of line. And so he actually says they're friends today. So that's good. And it's on a happy ending. With Tom Cruise, though, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll find out if Mission Impossible is released. I'm going to look for the headline that says, yeah, Mission Impossible crew member got COVID. Entire production shut down. Oh, man. Someone better get her the recorder out and record the rant that's going to come out of Tom Cruise then. I want to know the guy that was trying to record Tom Cruise's rant. Was he like – what was his motive? Was he like proud of Tom Cruise and what he was saying to everybody or was he trying to get at him? Because the reception of Tom Cruise's rant has actually come out fairly positive. Because people are like, wow, he actually cares about the industry. He actually cares about people and people's jobs. Uh, pros to the guy. And honestly, this rant I feel like was well-deserved. <laughs> I feel like Tom Cruise should have yelled at people that were being stupid on set. Just what needs to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's it's kind of a political situation. But, I mean, if you're looking at it both ways, like if you're a person that's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, you know, we need to chill out. Still, though, if you were in that position, you would wear your mask because, like, you want to keep your job. <laughs> you don't want to, like, deal with any repercussions. And then on the other side where you're like, hey, I think masks are absolutely necessary. You know, we got to do this and do this and do this. And then, yeah. So I don't see how in any way, shape, or form Tom Cruise is the bad guy here. He's obviously looking out for people that care about the disease and people's work. And that's why he said those things. But, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's nuts. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up for the watch show today. Uh, I really enjoyed being with you guys. And if you want to be featured on my show, if you want sponsorship, just let me know. I'd be happy to do that for you and interview you or your band or any other interesting individual on the show. It makes fun stuff. So I'm going to try to fix up my app and my content so I can start doing interviews again. But, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully I can make this a weekly thing now that school's kind of chilled out. But um, have a good one, and we will talk to you soon. Take it easy.